0: You know what, Cameron? You know what really confuses me? I I, I have no idea. Not just bad grammar, like my last sentence, but also (laughs) the whole idea that gold is awesome. Like, what do you you mean by awesome? Well, so here's the thing. I've always been a silver guy. I just like silver more. I think it's a better
1: color. I think it looks cool. But the world tells me that gold is more valuable. No, I agree. No, well, okay, so like... Whenever there's like gold finished things, that always throws me off. What about that rose gold, dude? How do you mm, feel about that? It's fine. My friend Jerry got like a rose gold
0: iPhone. Yeah, but he didn't realize how girly it looked, and so he's constantly (laughs) defensive. Yeah, whenever we bring up his iPhone, he he whips out like skinless. It's a naked iPhone. And why doesn't he just throw a case? He's got a brand new iPhone X. And he is just completely in denial. Hmm. He will not say that it's girly looking. And my <laughs> friend Jerry's like shredded. He's a big guy. Yeah. But he, he loves his rose gold iPhone in complete denial. I, I just have... want to go out on a limb. The world should have said silver is more valuable than gold. Hmm. Because let's be real. It's all about looks.
1: Someone thought gold was more baller. I don't get it. Yeah. I mean, isn't it isn't it like a weight factor too? I mean, I don't really know why gold is considered more valuable than that was, silver. That, I was just like, who in history made this decision? Yeah, I, I don't know. It bothers me. Well, apparently it was the Lydians, as
0: we're about to find out. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Everything Comes From Something. My name is Isaac Ransom. I'm Cameron Tuttle. Thank you for joining us this episode. This is episode 23. Today's topic is about money, and boy, do we love money, and that's why we're going to ask you to support us on patreon.com slash ecfspodcast. You can join our community there. We have multiple tiers. Basically, you know, if you give a... $2 or is it, it's a dollar, there's a weird system with Patreon, I think it's a dollar or $2 or something but then Patreon takes some so, Uh, we'll send you a thank you note personally written with me and my bad grammar and um, (laughs) then $5 level you get a question for the show and
1: uh, the $50 level executive producer you get to decide his topic for the show. Yeah and today in studio we have one of our executive producers, Kiana Layap. Say what up Kiana. Sweet. We didn't bring a mic for her because Cameron didn't tell me to bring another mic.
0: <laughs> and we're recording up in San Francisco. So she'll just be yelling whenever she feels like it. Yeah. Just yell at us. Yeah. Same old stuff as well. You can follow us on all the socials, all that normal jazz. I don't want to get through it. You can find it on the pages. Yeah. Blah, that's not blah, the thing blah. that gives us money.
1: No. And we're super excited to get into the topic today. Oh, yeah. this is So th- this is an interesting, I would say an interesting development in our friendship um, is when we both kind of really uh, started to be interested in economics, at, at totally different points and and in totally different ways. And it's so weird th-
0: for me. It was my my classes.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I took a, a an economics class in high school too, and that was kind of when I, with, with Kiana, actually, uh, interestingly enough. So.
0: Dude, my econ class in high school was a total joke. Yeah, I mean, ours
1: was too. But. I
0: I'm sure I've mentioned this before, but I made a video about Shrek's swamp and how it had to do with property <laughs> economics. And uh, I dressed up in a Burger King outfit to be Lord Farquaad.
1: I, so recently I watched a video on, it was a Marxist analysis of, of Shrek. Oh my... <laughs> I'm sure they had a lot to uh, and It was really really funny. Yeah and, and the But then in the comments People were criticizing The Marxist analysis Saying that Instead of The bourgeoisie And the The capitalists um, It's actually a feudal society So So Shrek is Is a is, Or they They're not uh, They're not uh, They're peasants Yeah that, and, Whoever made that, that video Should have known Working class yeah, I agree
0: That guy is a total idiot I can't believe it Agreed <laughs> I just want to throw one more thing on top of that Farquad reference. Okay. I had a handgun in the video and we played it to the class. <laughs> we got in trouble for having guns in the video.
1: Makes sense. But I was just like, well, it was at my house and there's an orange tip on the gun. So I don't get what was wrong with that. I was only brandishing a gun at my house. It's fine. Well, it was an airsoft gun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> Everything Comes From Something
0: is a podcast about unoriginality. Everything does come from something including money. So let's break down the topic. Yeah. Really quick, the definition of money from Wikipedia, obviously a viable source, uh, is any item or variable, verifiable. verifiable record that is generally accepted as payment for goods and services and repayment of debts, such as taxes, and a particular country or socioeconomic
1: context. That was the worst reading of the definition I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> I recently uh,
0: contracted dyslexia. So.
1: Oh, recently.
0: <laughs> well, uh, we'll see how this goes. But money is really interesting to me because, for some reason, we all hold money to a value. And if at the end of the day, you just look at that, it's a, it's
1: a piece of paper. Oh well, yeah, I mean, but but it's a piece of paper that means something. It's it, that same thing with gold that I was talking about earlier. I'm yeah, like, sure. who said gold was valuable? Well, I know who said money was valuable, and it was. The US government.
0: See? And we're going to get into why exactly. that is. Also, today's topic, we're going to be touching on the idea of cryptocurrency at the end. This uh, idea was formed when I was meeting with my uncle Brian down here in the city. He was like, You guys should talk about cryptocurrency. And then we got into the history of money because <laughs> you really can't talk about cryptocurrency until you address what money actually is. Yeah, and I yeah, think yeah. a lot of people are confused on cryptocurrency because it is essentially just. A form of money, a medium of exchange, is trying to solidify that title. Yeah, uh, but you need to understand what money and what and where money comes from, right? Sure,
1: sure. Do you want to get into the history first, or what do you? How do you, how do you want? How do you want to do this? How do you want to approach it? So we're going to break
0: down this episode into a couple different uh, sections. Yeah, I sure. think is is the best way to you know kind of summarize this idea of money and that's sort of how history coincides with the ways that society has looked at means of exchange which is the whole idea behind currency right and it's at the heart of every society's economy so the original form or medium of exchange is the whole idea of barter and it wasn't the only way as a matter of fact societies usually used gifting in their communities to find ways of payment. It was this really weird form of gifting.
1: Yeah, or, or debts. I mean, it's sort of a similar, a similar idea. But yeah, gifting where you would give somebody something or do something for them and then there was an expectation that you would that you know you'd ha- they'd have to pay you back. I just imagine day. these cave people being extremely <laughs> sassy to each other. Yeah, passive aggressive being like like a super passive aggressive society. Well, Janet, I cleaned your cave earlier this week. Well, Charlie, <laughs> I
0: gave you that club and uh, what have you done for me lately? <laughs> I say public stoning. So, you know, I You can kind of see how that doesn't really work out. I don't know why I think of like strange utopian neighborhoods going back to this idea of bartering.
1: Yeah, imagine if you did that. I mean, this is kind of what you do like uh, in in interpersonal life. Like if you, if you, you know, if you have a brother or, or family members, I guess, I guess only siblings really do this. But if you're like, if you're like, oh, well, you know, I cleaned, I cleaned your half of the room. The other day, you got to clean my half. Of right, yeah. I made yeah. you breakfast this morning. Yeah, da, exactly. Da, da.
0: So anytime it, uh, you run into someone who talks like that, just call them a cave person. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like that, that, that's how they did it back in the day. Now you should just be freely giving because we have money yeah, and give exactly. them a history lesson. Yeah, exactly. That's the whole point of this episode, actually. No, I'm just kidding. But of course, uh, barter was a large aspect of these uh, primitive cultures as well. And yeah. You, and you were saying that barter... Kind of makes sense if you don't trust or know people.
1: Yeah, well, so one one of the ideas of uh, barter came about because people were more often trading with um, trading with complete strangers or uh, potential enemies, right? So, so if they didn't know who they were trading with, the more risk there was of them getting scammed eventually. So, in order to to circumvent that, they had to. Um, trades things directly, which is which is the barter trade. So well, it
0: makes sense, right? You're just kind of covering for yourself. And yeah, that's exactly.
1: Show, like right? like if you if you meet some stranger on the road and you're like, hey, uh, w- you, they want something from you, and you're like, well, I don't know if they're gonna ever pay me back. You know, it, it makes sense if you wanna if you have to barter. It's just instant insurance. Exactly,
0: it exactly. makes complete sense. But there's a big problem with bartering, and that's where the invention of money comes in. Uh, shout out to my boy William Stanley Jevons An economist and deep thinker Your boy <laughs> he, uh, he comes up with this idea Of the coincidence of wants And this is a really important concept To understand where money comes from And why it's important So I'm going to tell a really quick story To explain it Let's say that I'm a shoemaker Okay And Cameron is a hunter Yeah And Kiana For the sake of it You're chilling right there You are a pristine candle maker Okay <laughs> So, I really want candles, but I make shoes. Cameron really wants shoes, and he catches pelts. But Kiana, the candle maker, wants pelts. So we have this really complicated situation where I trade my shoes to Cameron for the pelts. Kiana doesn't want my shoes, but I want candles. So I had to get pelts and give pelts to Kiana to get the candles. Do you see how complicated that is? It's like a confusing triangle where we have to trade back and forth to get what we want and it takes too many steps and that's where money comes into the picture. This coincidence of wants leads Jevons to write this book Money and uh, Mechanisms of Exchange where he highlights four functions of money that all money should have and the reason they should have these you know, attributes
1: is so this coincidence of wants is simplified and can be skipped over okay well so and uh, with this people started trading things that were either universally wanted or didn't really have their own specific value such as and this is called commodity trading or the commodity economy and and so when when instead of you giving uh you know having to give kiana pelts, you would just take a you know say let's let's say shells you know, you would just take five shells for your, for your. Sh- what do you make shoes? Shoes. I, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm selling you my. Uh, I'm. You're selling me your shoes, and and I pay you five shells. And Kiana's candles cost five shells, and so you you just give it to her. You don't have. There's not. There's not this complex trading back and forth system. Right. It's a superior commodity with the highest purchasing power. Essentially, becomes
0: a commodity. Uh, not a commodity. Sorry. It becomes the currency of that society. But even that can become complicated because let's say shells are popular, right? I mean, that's a good choice for a currency because it's something that, you know, there's a finite amount that exists and it's slowly being created more and more over time by natural causes, right? It's not easily manufactured. Exactly. Shells shells make sense, but let's say it's candles. Let's say everybody wants candles. (laughs) Suddenly, Kiana is now you know she's balling <laughs> she's the fed dude that's what <laughs> happens she becomes the fed yeah because every, everybody wants candles now she has much more power over the the economy so money hopefully defers that power of some sort of monopoly through some sort of deferred payment that is equally and wait, universally wait, wait, we haven't accepted. gotten there yet we haven't so gotten there yet. so this is what makes that currency yeah these four functions right you got a medium of exchange a measure of value, standard of deferred payment, which is kind of what we're handing at, and store of value. These are the four functions which make money, money, essentially, yes. right? So we'll break it down right off the bat. Medium of exchange. It has to be uh, exchangeable.
1: Yeah, it has to be easy to exchange. Which, okay. <laughs> we'll, we'll get to a story
0: that it's not easy. exchange. Do you want to just put that in now? No. Okay. No, no, no. Trust me, I'm saving that for something. <laughs> okay. So it has to be easily exchangeable. Well, okay, I will. Get, we're going to get to a story about these Yap Islands where they trade large um, rocks. And uh, knows about it. <laughs> the, these big rocks, they actually are easily exchanged because it's through word of mouth. Yeah, so exactly. I guess I, I should clarify that. But medium of exchange has to be clear and straightforward. Uh, measure of value, something you can put a number on, something that is easily ratioed out to have some sort of, you know, Value. Yeah.
1: So in the in the early days of using a a commodity as a currency, um, it was in Mesopotamia. They had what what was called shekels, and they were a, a unit of measurement. And so each, so like one shekel of let's say gold. They didn't use gold, but one shekel of gold was uh, a certain amount of gold. And one shekel it was it was by mass. Um, so a, a shekel of silver was going to be a larger quantity of uh, of silver and th- that's how they were able to exchange things by these shekels right commodity usually leans on some reliance
0: of weighing. yeah something. yeah exactly that's usually how it comes down to even early united states dollars said they were worth like one eighth of an ounce of gold right just one dollar it had a, a weight value imagine that it. now <laughs> wow people would be a lot <laughs> one eighth of low-key.
1: a one eighth of an ounce of gold is probably really expensive that's probably like what like bucks
0: yeah wow and then the other thing is uh, standard of deferred payment so people have to accept it I always like to think of like square readers I know that's sort of a Mm, a strange example but like everyone accepts square readers now they're, they're feeling it. That's not a currency, but it's like a social norm. Like sure. nobody looks at you crazy when you have a dollar, but if you brought in like 10 pounds of silver and said, Hey, I want that wedding ring with this 10 pounds of silver. They're going to look at you like, what are you talking about? Like, so, I'm not going to give you that.
1: Well, and one, one of the problems you see, we were talking about, I think, I actually think the Yap Island thing is a really good example for all of these things. But, um, one of the things that, that was unique about that Yap Island was that just everybody agreed that that was their currency. Right. And this is what the standard of deferred payment is, right? Like everybody has to agree that this is worth what we're saying it's worth. So you,
0: I, uh, let's just get into the story.
1: Okay. For that, for the Yap Island, because
0: it it seems like we're jumping around it, but it's, it it is, it is not the only currency in in that state. So the official currency of Micronesia, did I say that right? Yeah. Um, Is the U S dollar but there is an island state of yap which has an additional form of money so it is possible to have an economy that has multiple currencies that's sure. fine this what what they're referring to is these large limestone disks that have a hole punched in the middle like a donut and they weigh more than a car they're massive it's they're huge. these big rock things now centuries ago apparently the japanese explorers journeyed uh, 280 miles west in bamboo and bamboo canoes um, to this island called Palauau or something. Okay. Palauau. <laughs> Palauau. I'm not. Um, and they found these large limestone. And so essentially, like, they negotiated with the people there and they established a quarry and began to dig up these large disks and bring them back. And they named the disks Rai. I think it's R A I. I'm not very good at pronouncing things like this, alright? <laughs> so uh, basically, these big stones became a currency through like social customs. They're like big valuable uh, items, so they were only used in like massive exchanges in so uh, in uh, in cultural moments like marriages, political debts, inheritances, all that all that stuff. Um, and it and its value really depends on its size. So there is that idea that the larger heavier it is the more valuable it is but then there's this dark twist to it um there's also more value in how many explorers died trying to expedite the large stone and bringing it back to the island um what's weird about the big stones is that you can't exchange them easily like i was saying earlier but exchange happens just through
1: word of mouth yeah which is an interesting like um kind of a, a reversion back to the original way that people you know the gift economy idea yeah although the gifts are backed by these by these giant stones it's like it's a very strange way to to do things but it's it's an interesting way to make this point on cur- on the fact that currency can basically just be anything it is weird because they have
0: inherent value just through cultural standards yeah And the reason I was saving this story is because I wanted to touch on fiat money. Um, But we're going to get to that throughout history. We want to touch on a couple other forms of currency as well. Something else to add about these large limestones is that there is a story about one of these disks being transferred across the ocean and (laughs) they lost it to the sea. And for some reason, the society still thinks it exists down there because the owner was like oh yeah, it's still down there. I just lost it. You got to just take my word for it. (laughs) And so it is still in their economy uh, or was in their economy.
1: Well, if you think about the amount of stones there are in this economy, I'm sure there aren't more than like, I don't know, 50. I would think that it is a rare item. Think about 1 50th of of the money supply. How many US dollars is 1 50th of, of the amount of... I mean, I get, like, would you even, how would you even calculate that? I have no idea. Through GDP? What's well, one fiftieth of GDP? A lot. A lot of money. Yeah. <laughs> so if one rock, you know, gets lost, that's, you're screwed. I'd say that would have thrown off the whole. The whole system. Yeah. The, yeah, ho- exactly. the whole island, man. And then the guy who's like, I, I trusted you with transporting this is like. Well now, now you I'm convinced. You better screwed. convince
0: the town. You better convince the town that rock still exists. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah, that's just crazy that they're holding value for these rocks.
1: I, I, it's very cool because it it makes me it makes me think like wow humans are very smart and very much alike mm. in all in all different places. You know, it's re- it's really interesting. It
0: just surprises me. Maybe because. I mean just when we started the podcast I was like who said gold was yeah. valuable? I would be that guy on the island who gets gets like hung because I was like who said these rocks are
1: valuable? And yeah, like, you'd be you'd, you'd be the nihilist. You'd <laughs> be like these rocks they don't mean anything, man. <laughs> get rid of him. He's a non-believer. Yeah. Um well, do you want to talk about um, Let's get into
0: commodity. Yeah, okay. We're going to okay. touch on fiat a little bit at the end because historically that's where it comes about as nations start to not basically run their money systems well yeah um, but the idea of commodity money is that it is backed by a good and essentially if I have one dollar for every dollar that exists in the market it would be backed no 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 no. you're wrong this is wrong I don't think it's wrong no it's wrong
1: okay The the Fight commodity me. the commodity market is when you exchange commodities directly so so it's not it's oh you're it's right, not the you're same right, sorry it's not the same as a barter right where you tr- where you're trading for two different um commodities it's you're trading for example gold is a is a commodity and so when you trade gold gold coins that is trading directly with another person right so, so. this is
0: usually an a commodity that has very high purchasing power and you know it still fits into these aspects of what makes good money, right? So it has to be transportable, standard of deferred payment, medium of exchange.
1: Yeah, I can... There's a list of several things that have been used as commodities throughout, um, throughout history, if you want me to go through this. Um, there's gold, silver, copper, salt, peppercorns, tea, large stones, such as the rye Mm. stones, um, decorated bells, uh, shells, alcohol, cigarettes, cannabis, uh, silk, candy, nails, cocoa beans, um, stuff like that.
0: Yeah. Sorry, I do apologize. Thank you for correcting me. Oh, no, no, it's okay. I yeah. accept your apology. <laughs> so when I think of commodity money, I think of like ancient times with the big coin purses throwing money at it. Like I mean, the it, money is just like those big chunks of gold. It's
1: actually not, not all that ancient though. I mean like we were still... We still have coins. We, we, yes, but those are, I guess, those are kind of different, right? Those are. Well, technically, they have inherent value through the metal. Yeah, I guess so. I them. guess those are those are commodities. Yeah. The problem um, is,
0: is that the government has defaced them, and so yeah. has the people. Sh- sure. Yeah.
1: I, I think of, um, I think of caps from Fallout. Uh, yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. a commodity uh, exchange.
0: And so. it and it goes into the last function that I forgot to mention, which is store value. These items usually. Maintain and, and hold Towards a lot of abuse and beating
1: Yeah, that, well the best the best Of these uh, ext- uh, Commodities do that Th- And that's why people used coins, used gold and silver
0: The good thing about commodity money Is it's usually based on weight That is yes. the value Yeah, And that's what uh, Murray Rothbard Argues in his book What has the government done with our money Which is a book I have to read for my money in banking class And it's a very interesting argument He basically says that it solves a lot of issues when you're relying on a commodity money system. Besides the fact that like, it's heavy to carry around commodities yeah. and it's a pain to haul it around. He basically argues that there's an issue of defacement through coins that commodity money doesn't face because coins are legal tender but commodity inherently is valuable, right? right gold right. is inherently valuable. Even if you deface gold... Meaning, like you chip off a corner of a coin, it weighs less. Things should be bought by weight. That's yeah. his argument. Yeah, and it's an interesting argument. I don't know if our world could ever go back <laughs> to that style, but he definitely pushes well, for it. In I his mean, first it, few chapters. it definitely
1: could, and but not through good normal things. means. Yeah, I mean, if we had like, speaking of fallout, w- yeah. <laughs> World War Three. I mean, basically, that's the only uh, that or or intense political collapse is basically the only way we could we could ever go back to a Right, you can look at currency system. Based a lot of people are gold.
0: pointing to Venezuela right now, yeah, because it it you can see that commodities have become much more valuable than their money. Oh and th- yeah, and that's because absolutely. their money means nothing due to hyperinflation. But it's really weird seeing people. Hoarding chickens and hoarding food and hoarding all this. I don't other know. Stuff. I don't
1: think it's that weird because, I mean, yeah, I guess it's it's not usually what we it's not think what you, of in yeah, the modern it's, times. It's but
0: not what you think of, but then it kind of goes back to this
1: primitive. Well, it's not primitive, but
0: it's what has it's value. Really,
1: yeah, it's just it's just human nature. It's yeah, what's most valuable to you to your survival at the time. So, it's
0: notable that most commodity based economies lean on an inelastic money supply, something that takes a while. So inflation isn't as large of an issue. If you don't know, inflation is when the money supply increases, right? The more of something you have, the less valuable it is. Deflation is the opposite, right? If you have less of something, so if someone is somehow destroying gold or sending it into space where we can't get it anymore, (laughs) that would cause deflation because there's less of it. It's even more valuable, right? Yeah. So uh, that's that's something to note, which leads us unless you want to you well so the idea
1: of the inelastic money supply is that there is a finite amount in the in the actual economy so there's there's there may be ways that you can get more say like you mine for for gold or whatever but at least it's it's it, it's difficult to to produce and finite so you can't just make fake you know fake gold pieces or whatever right it has to be actually finite and so the idea of counterfeiting and making fake
0: money comes in when we start looking at representative money systems. Yeah. Now this is
1: sort of where the US was at. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, yeah, okay. So um, actually I want to talk about in China how uh, how the idea of paper money came about uh, Hit at it. first. So a lot of um, a lot of people used commodity uh, exchange in order to, you know, to barter and to sell things, um, but in China they were the first in the in the Song Dynasty they were the first to actually use paper notes as uh, a representative of of a money supply. So so say somebody had gold in the bank, um, the bank would give them uh, a a note that said this is how much money you have. And you could exchange that. And this was the first uh, introduction of anything paper uh, or representative in in the money supply. And so Marco Polo uh, wrote in his book in a chapter called "How the Great Khan causeth the bark of trees made into something like paper to pass for money all over his country." <laughs> so some some shade thrown, but I mean the Great Khan was uh, was pretty pretty influential yeah he's even got his own
0: song now what but i don't think it really has anything to do with genghis khan i don't know you've what heard that song no, I no it's about a guy what. liking a girl okay so he's gonna act like genghis khan i don't know if he understands what that means <laughs> <laughs> it's a catchy song though it's pretty good mm, I You see. can look it up it's called genghis khan it's got a weird antler deer looking thing on the cover of the album but that, so, was, that was a side note.
1: Any, anyways, uh, eventually um, Europe all tra- changed over to to representative money. So people were exchanging bank notes um, in order to, to represent what they had in the bank.
0: Right. So, I mean, if you think about if you have a bunch of gold, you can either throw it in a vault, right, to try to keep it safe, or you can... And this is where these businesses rise up, right? You can invest it somewhere, right? This is where banks basically are birthed. The idea that they're willing to take your cash and hold on to it.
1: Well, we're talking about gold right now. Gold. Take your gold.
0: So we'll say it's a goldsmith, right? This is the example we use in the econ class. A goldsmith exists. He'll hold on to your gold and, and when you come back for it over a certain amount of time, he'll give you a little bit more for leaving it. And what he does with that gold... Is he basically holds it in his reserves and writes out loans for people. Yeah. So he'll give the person who owns the gold that he's put into his bank or whatever, his vault, a slip saying, okay, you own a thousand pounds of gold. You left it here. If you come back in a year, you'll have a thousand and one pounds or something. Like that's just the interest. And for doing that, you know, for leaving it here, we'll give you interest, right? And then because he has that gold, he can loan it out. Yep. The issue with this is it creates fractional reserve banking uh, because most goldsmiths, they didn't just give the gold out. They held on to it as a backbone. And the person who would come for a loan, he'd say, okay, here's a bank note or here's here's a gold note, right, that says you have a $1,000, Right. And he felt comfortable with that, and 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 he could really hold on to as many reserves as he wanted. He could essentially loan out all his reserves if he wanted, uh, as long as his his uh, bank sheet balanced out. The issue is when the loans start failing. Yeah, and exactly. Pe- and, and you know, the owners who had put their money in the bank come back and and, w- said, and we when want there our was, money now.
1: And when there was when we were on a gold standard, this actually happened and was a huge fear for banks. Yeah, was that people would people would what what was it called rushing the bank or like running it's called a bank run yeah run, running the bank and what happens if there is a bank
0: run <laughs> and then there are multiple bank runs is something called a bank panic yeah. and this happened in the great depression yeah exactly so.
1: cuz everybody if everybody comes in to to take out their money technically they are owed that money but the bank doesn't have it because it's been loading out money to other people and they can't reclaim
0: all those loans right away because that would go back on the contracts yep. that they held. And also, most people who take loans usually don't have the money right away to give it back yeah. if it's not in the set time that they agreed on. So yep. that leaves them in a little bit of an awkward situation
1: with their owners. So, but in in any case, the during the uh, Renaissance era in Europe, um, more and more countries started to use this system of reserve um, and th- the banks would independently produce their own notes and give out you know give out loans like this. and gold taking out gold from the bank was actually really heavily discouraged, um specifically because of this fear of um, of of running on
0: the bank. And well, yeah, when there's bank failure, it's strange. the government usually, pushes this idea on the people that they shouldn't run on the banks because it basically collapses their economy pretty quickly even though most people are just looking out for themselves in that in that case right um but as far as as banks and and reserves go i think it's important to take into account that banks actually make more money. Yeah, they create a larger money supply. This is a really important aspect, and it's a good function
1: for overall GDP in well, a country. Not only do they create more um, more money, which is kind of weird to think about, like they like create money out of thin air. Well, but they- it's it's not just that. You think about, think about it for a second, right? If they're
0: sending out a loan, right, they get a return in profit, and so does the person. Who is well,
1: you know? Come to think of it, maybe they're not making money. No, I mean they're not cre- they're not creating money, but there is they're creating temporary money. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's exactly. the issue, right?
0: Yeah. If you're so- loaning, because you're double, like let's say the the reserve ratio is half, right? You're basically doubling what you have, right? Or or, or you're the- making a half of it, right? It's kind of confusing not to like think about it
1: and. I don't know. Usually, when I'm thinking about this stuff, I'm drawing charts and bank sheets. It's well, really weird. Well, any, anyways, what I, what I was gonna say actually is, um, not only are they like really, you know, shifting numbers and and doing the magic with with your money, they're actually greasing the wheels of the economy. And this is this is actually their most important function: is by uh, by giving people immediate loans, they're able to spend that on. You know whatever large purchase they need, or um, invest in business, um, do things like that, and so this really stimulates the economy in a in a in a very important way. And it so is, it is a positive. I think most people
0: look at banks and say that they don't like them just because. Yeah.
1: Well, I don't think they should be
0: inherently trusted. They're not benevolent or anything like that. They're only there for profit. But. I do think what you're saying has a very large valid point.
1: Well, interestingly, um, there was a book that I read, uh, by Thomas Sowell and a great famous economist. Um, and he, he was talking about how often the, the class who owns, uh, the banks is really looked upon as, uh, leeches on society Yeah. yeah. when, when they're not, I mean, they're, they're very st- stimulating. They're stimulating the economy. So I don't know. Thank d- your banks.
0: I do well. I mean, I do think banks should be held accountable, and that's where sure. my biggest gripes with the two thousand seven, two thousand eight recession come in. I, uh, I know a lot of banks were bailed out, but at the same time, if they're practicing poorly, I don't think they should be saved for that. Yeah. And it, and a lot of people will say, "How can you say that? Like, the banks were were bailed out in order to save the people." And I'm thinking, "Why didn't you let the business burn?" And just have the government pay out the people. I know that's a lot of money, but that's more
1: I mean it's the same it's the same amount of money, right like either it would, way it would so, be the same amount. I mean why would you let a bad business have a second chance? I would say that it's probably best that the government isn't uh, isn't so tightly connected to to the monetary system in general, but we can get to that you anarchist. <laughs> that's not anarchist <laughs> you socialist yeah exactly i know what i'm talking about <laughs> no I, but i think we should get to this uh because this is really important so the next step uh, people have been using uh these representational uh methods of of exchange for a long time um uh, since you know the, the renaissance era but in the 20th century, something really strange happened, and it was called World War II. <laughs> and during World War II, America decided to buy all of Europe's gold, literally like all of it. <laughs> and so the uh, the countries didn't have any gold in their in their reserves. Uh, because they needed they needed cash, they needed straight cash right away to uh, to be able to rebuild infrastructure. Yeah, and and so actually, recover. what they would do is they would sell America the gold. America would, would give them uh, U.S. dollars, and then uh, then y- the countries would buy American uh, weapons and and ships and whatnot. And so it was all just a funnel back to America. It was a great plan, great plan for America. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> but, but this is, I mean, this is essentially what made America a superpower. Yeah. Um, and so after, during this uh, Bretton Woods conference, uh, they decided um, instead of fixing, because the, the Euro- Europeans didn't have any gold, um, instead of fixing it to, uh, to a gold standard, they would fix it to the dollar, which was then... Uh, at that point, ba- based on gold. So right. we were still on the gold standard at that point. And so it was kind of a roundabout way of uh, still maintaining a a, a representational method of, of exchange. But I think, wait a second. Are you sure you,
0: the U.S. was on gold standard after World War II?
1: Yes, we were until I 1971. Really? Yeah. Are you sure about that? I'm literally looking at it right now. Dang,
0: I Wait, really thought it was World War II where we got off the
1: gold no, standard. no. So in in 1971, um, we uh, the U.S. government suspended the convertibility of U.S. of the U.S. dollar to gold. But um,
0: the, I don't think that means that we were not off the gold standard sooner.
1: Um, no, so the U.S. dollar was. I'll, I'll just read you this this little sentence okay after world war ii and the Bretton woods conference most countries countries adopted fiat currencies that were fixed to the u.s dollar the u.s dollar was in turn fixed to gold but was it one for one that's what i'm saying i don't think we were on the
0: gold standard at that point i'm pretty sure it was either mm. the end of world war one or world war two where we went partially fiat even though we had a reserve backing in gold we weren't necessarily a 100% one for one backed with gold. It's
1: possible, but I think the important part was that we were we were still fixed to uh to some sort of gold standard. Right, the reser- the ratio was much
0: uh larger yeah. than than it was then. But I if I do remember from my studies correctly, early 1900s is when we moved off the gold standard one for one. Kind Possibly. Of, yeah, yeah. Kind of deal. So uh, I think that's something important to account for but it is interesting that 1971 they stopped doing cash payouts yeah right or, or no they, they, they gold payouts, gold payouts yeah. for cash yeah and Dang. so
1: at that point the, the US dollar became totally fiat Um yeah. and which is our last yeah. form of currency yeah right fiat money how many guys have heard of this me
0: I have Keanu's, Keanu's shaking, her shaking, her head. shaking her head she doesn't have a mic feels bad <laughs> Yeah, so fiat money is essentially money that has value because we say so. Yep. And that's it. And that's why I was going to bring up the rock story, because (laughs) those big limestones had value because people said so. Well, technically, they're a commodity, though. And that was... Well, so that's where my, like, confusion with money comes in. Yeah. Right? Even back to our intro when we were talking about gold, I was like, who said... The gold is inherently valuable. Everyone just agreed on it. Yeah. They're like, oh, but that's a commodity. Well, I'm like, what function does it have?
1: They're like, no, 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 but it's- It's a an- great electrical conductor.
0: <laughs> in that case, silicon should be the new thing. Well, Why it kind we- of is. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. in where we live, yeah. yeah. But I'm just saying, what do you think- Okay, here here's a weird question for you, Cameron. Even if it is not- fitting for the four functions of functions of money that we went over what commodity is actually like of most useful value in your brain like what commodity well i got, <sighs> to me i think it's water i'm just went straight to mad max i don't know yeah, like that's may- like maybe
1: i think water is probably well fresh water not not just water. clean water clean yeah. fresh water yeah may- i i think but if you think about it it's all contextual right like in these more wealthy societies, these bigger societies, they could trade gold and silver because it was it wasn't like life and death, right? But in places where, um, in, in in places where water is essential, water is a good commodity. Although it's hard to it's hard to keep in one state. So, but when is water not like I, I'm just talking off
0: base use? Like when is it not useful?
1: Uh. Well, I mean, it is always useful unless you have an abundance of it. Mm.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to think like what commodity would be of most use because gold and silver
1: are just you know baller tools. But you don't really want you don't really want something that's like inherently useful. But you, that makes it to me like like just in
0: my mind, I'm like that's what makes it valuable.
1: That's true, but but the problem with that the problem with water is it's you slowly eat away at it. I mean, sometimes you you do it fast, but but like you slowly are drinking the water. You're consuming it, and that doesn't that that you can't you can't like exchange that for for pee or anything. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like like you're you're taking that amount of of water out of the money supply. And this is the problem with with commodities that are used. Is is when you use them, they they lose their function as an exchange and are. Just their primary function. Really random side note. Okay. Okay.
0: And this is, I think this is, this might be a deep psychological issue (laughs) I'm going through. Okay. You see, when I was younger, I watched this movie called The City of Ember, which was a book. Yeah. Apocalyptic about how people couldn't go up to the radioactive surface. And so instead they had to live underground. And it was probably some of my first exposure to a post-apocalyptic story. Yeah. And at the end of the film, there's this vault that the villain plans to hide in after the society has collapsed through some weird plot device. I don't remember. Basically another, like, failure of humankind. Sure. It's very confusing. And in this vault is his, you know, survivor supplies. The, The stuff you hear about on those weird channels, like... Vault hunters or whatever, you know, you know. What I'm talking yeah, about? yeah, yeah, yeah. Is that show where they build bunkers for apocalypse? Yeah, those are my favorite. I love this. <laughs> that so so the the main villain has this bunker po- apocalypse thing. Yeah, and he's a fa- he's like a fat guy. I remember he's just being a fat guy in the movie. Um, so there's this massive radioactive mole that eats him alive at the end, <laughs> which was pretty uh, traumatic for a nine year old watching sure. this movie. But I remember thinking to myself. That, that vault is finite. You're going to just die in there alone. Yeah. That sounds horrible. Hey, you got to live f- for as long as you can. And that's where my mind went to. And so I'm just thinking, like, it's in terms of usefulness, even though it's
1: finite, that doesn't mean it shouldn't be used as a currency. I'm saying that there are problems with it being used as a currency because it also has a function as something consumable i see what i like i see
0: what you're getting at i just like an inherent value not because anybody says it's valuable like that's what i was getting at with that question yeah yeah so nothing else besides water what are you what are you
1: thinking lumber wood (laughs) well wood is hard to exchange true i think salt is i mean in salt is good in previous societies salt is uh was a really important thing because it was you were able to preserve your food um, longer so yeah that one's, that one's an important one. Salty. <laughs> uh, hmm. I feel like there's something I'm missing. Well, probably pop tarts, brain cells,
0: <laughs> <laughs> all good things. Um. So fiat money. Anyways, something that's completely useless and dumb. And that's what the U.S. Well, it's dollar not is. Useless
1: just... and dumb. It's obviously what we use to exchange now. But there there are problems with it. There are big. But problems if you go
0: crazy it. like me. You just start thinking about why is this paper anything? Why does it mean anything? Yeah, you
1: just start staring at at, at a one dollar bill, and you're like, "I oh, should I'd eat it." Why'd you do this to me, I George? Should eat it right now, <laughs> no, don't eat it. There's, I, I, something. Uh, I read a study about how like eight on eighty percent of of paper bills there was uh there was cocaine (laughs) everyone's
0: (laughs) has apparently read this study because everyone says it cameron
1: yeah okay
0: this show is truly unoriginal yeah it is. you (laughs) heard it here first (laughs) (laughs) i gotta say the last three episodes i've just been unable to speak so i apologize for you listeners i don't know what it is i'm like slurring my words Mm. maybe it's something to do with this mic stand or something or the the Stupid Behringer headphone splitter, which we have had so much rage over yeah. in the last hour. I
1: mean, I was talking about it during our tests. I was very angry. I was very angry. Cameron
0: was very angry.
1: This we need to wrap up
0: with this finite money. Thing. <laughs> okay.
1: <laughs> so finite money.
0: The reason it's interesting is because it leads into our largest dis- uh, discussion, um, which is now part of probably the smallest part of our discussion yeah. because we're coming up on an hour here. Uh, which is cryptocurrency, which is by all means finite. Essentially, cryptocurrency is a digital asset designed to work as a medium of exchange that uses strong cryptography, I think is how you cryptography. say Cryptography. Cryptography to secure financial transactions, control the creation of additional units, the money supply, aka, and verify the transfer of
1: assets. So basically, what it does, I, I listened to a, like a long podcast about it because I was I I had no idea how it worked. But basically, what it does is each um, there's this thing called a blockchain, and the blockchain is a record of all exchanges using the currency. And so, in order to in order to trade, say, if I want to give Kiana five dollars, um, I put in my uh, you know I put in my exchange. I'm giving her the I'm giving her purse. Uh, The five dollars and that five bits. Let's just say sure, yeah, Yeah. five five bits. Because it's not dollars. It's yeah, five bitcoins. That's a lot. (laughs) Which is
0: like probably twenty five thousand dollars. Yeah, that's a lot. I'm just guessing. Um,
1: Um, and if I if I give her, uh, you know, five bitcoins, um, her. We both have uh, an exchange and a and a system of numbers that goes into what's called the blockchain, and each blockchain has a record of all of the exchanges um, that have been uh, that have
0: happened. Now, here's what caught my attention in this definition: is creation of additional units.
1: Who's deciding? who makes more bitcoin well there's a finite amount of bitcoins that are released into the money supply who's making those finite numbers is it the company bitcoin no there i don't think there is a bitcoin company it was created by a guy right? yeah but the guy's anonymous
0: that's so weird
1: yeah when he set it up the guy's anonymous it's probably elon musk the guy. Or something.
0: <laughs> oh that would be so weird yeah. i was gonna say it was bill clinton why? <laughs> Why would it be Bill Clinton? I don't know, because no one would have guessed.
1: Uh, yeah, I guess that's true. Yeah, although he would probably have taken gotcha, credit for it. Gotcha, America. Elon Musk would probably would would have taken credit for it too. Yeah. I'm surprised actually that Reddit hasn't gone like done a deep dive and found this guy already. Yeah, through like coding. And they do like
0: literally. They're like super spies breaking into somebody's. But they're home just nerds in, stuff.
1: in people's basements.
0: Reddit scares me because I don't know how to read it, but then again, <laughs> I don't know how to read anyways. So yeah, I
1: guess that's true. No, so so the idea behind uh, behind cryptocurrency is that everybody has the record of what exchanges are made, and so in that way, there's no cheating involved, right? Yeah. Now, in order for there to be a money supply, there has to be a stream of of uh, of bitcoins or whatever whatever currency there is, um, and and they are associated with with a dollar value but that dollar value is um not tied to anything and th- this is the big problem with uh with bitcoin and in, in my uh, or cryptocurrency in my uh humble opinion is i don't think i don't think there's any way to to make it not fluctuate like we've seen right there's no way to make it stabilize um, it's weird because it's not like i mean it goes back to the whole idea of fiat
0: money. That's why we took so long to come to this point and explain it for you guys is that there is no inherent value besides the fact that people are telling you it's valuable. And that's why you see it's inherent value compared to dollar bills, plummet and rise all the time. Like it's just rapidly dropping up and down because no one's sure that it's backed by anything at all. It's just what people are saying.
1: Well, it's not, it's, it's regulated by, uh, by how valuable it is in the market, according to everybody who owns a Bitcoin.
0: There's something else that Wikipedia mentions on the cryptocurrency page, and it says that cryptocurrency, you, uh, cryptocurrencies use decentralized control Yeah, as opposed to centralized digital currency and central banking systems. So I'm taking this class on money and banking systems, and by goodness, <laughs> my goodness... By goodness. <laughs> these bank The banking system is beyond confusing. Sure, yeah. My teacher is explaining it to us, and it was like they made it as cryptic as possible so you wouldn't really understand what's going on. Makes sense. What's cool is I get how it works, but I would have a hard time explaining it. Sure, sure. And that that is why I give my teacher, Professor Reitz, huge credit for doing that because he seems to know what he's talking about. I hopefully one day I will be able to express it. But from what I understand, it's like the Fed targets interest rates now. Yeah. But they're also placing floors and ceilings on the market of interest rates in order to dictate where they land. They used to aim to suppl- to uh, basically control the money supply in itself. Yeah. That is sort of a relic of the past for most of the Fed. Now they aim to put a floor on interest rates and a ceiling. And then there's a second floor, which is really confusing because of Fannie Mae and uh, Freddie Mac Freddie Mac, which is just so dumb. <laughs> yeah, I don't I was like, why are they basically, there's a second floor underneath the main floor because they have an advantage because they don't have to pay certain. Uh, royalties or penalties or something like that because they're government mm. institutions and I'm just like, put my head in a blender. <laughs> I uh, don't understand this at all.
1: Um, yeah, well, so one of the one of the really interesting things about crypto and why people really believed in it uh, was because it got away from all of the... It got away from the Fed, essentially. The government junk. Yeah, it got Isn't away... Isn't that f- changing, though? No. I thought... I've heard some rumors of legislation around cryptocurrency how can you legislate it i don't know it's all i mean it's all cloud-based it's all it's all record based like there's no way xbox cloud (laughs) (laughs) there's no way to uh to to put any regulations on it and this is why it's actually popular in china um and places that have uh dictatorial regimes Mm. is the only way that you're able to to i mean there's no there there literally isn't a way to regulate the transactions there's no way to take, I mean, like, because there's a record and everybody has the records, there's no way to cheat on it. Yeah. And so the, the the government can't come in and change the records. It's just it's just impossible. It's not how the system is set up.
0: Cryptocurrency
1: is definitely
0: a wild card in this game, but it really functions just as a lot of other money does. Yeah. You see, like, people say, oh, I bought, like, people buy cryptocurrency, right? But people are buying other currencies, too. It works no different, right? There's this overnight trading where people, not even overnight, it can be weeks, right? They invest a bunch of their U.S. dollars in the euro, right, in hopes that the euro would go up in value, and then they can sell those euros back for U.S. dollars and get a profit. Yeah. It's just more of a minor change. Cryptocurrency is more just exciting and, and wild. Like, it moves up and down constantly. Yeah. we apparently, no stability.
1: Apparently, it had the worst... Uh, fall, one of the worst falls in its history uh, in this this November. Like it, w- it went down like 27% or something. It's insane. I feel like I see that headline constantly. Yeah, me too. It's like deja then, vu. You're reading, cryptocurrency fails again.
0: And then and like, like three what? months later
1: you're like, oh, uh, cri- Bitcoin is on a meteoric rise. And you're like, what, the, what is going on here? I just it's
0: so unstable but I would almost like if I had more expendable cash, I would love to just put money into a big drop of Bitcoin. Like if it was like really, really low, just put money in it and be like, whatever. I'm never going to see that money again and then see what happens. Yeah. That's how most investing works though.
1: Yeah. Well, so this is the, um, th- there was a big problem in the, in the computer industry, the, the PC industry with uh, crypto mining. Uh, oh, we're because, getting to the heart of the problem now. Cameron's <laughs> fuming, dude. No, 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 no. I mean, it's gone down. It's it's gone down a lot. But no, it hasn't. Yeah, it has. Not not the prices, but the but the usefulness of it. All right, it's, let's get it, into It's this. really expensive to to mine. So Ga- essentially, gamer glasses are on. Let's go. <laughs> essentially, people, uh, in order to unlock uh, more cryptocurrency, there's a there's like a ledger, and this, uh, it's it's the the. Contract of everybody who who has used who has made transactions with uh, with the cryptocurrency, and so this uh, needs to be decoded um, from you know whatever's floating out in space into something manageable, into into pieces, into little bitcoins. You
0: literally sound like you're on drugs or something. I, I know, I, have I know. No idea what you're talking about.
1: I know it's confusing. It's complicated. Um, but the uh, in order to do that, you need a computer that can make. Uh, high amounts of calculations.
0: Supercomputer.
1: Yeah, sort of. And so what people have been doing for the past like two years now, they've been buying really... uh, They've been buying middling uh, graphics cards and just chaining them up together. They'll buy like 10 of them. Chain them up. And the calculation is if the power consumption is less than the amount that I'll get from, from crypto mining, then... Uh, then it's a ok, and so and they just run these graphics
0: cards to the ground, Yeah literally they, into dirt. They push them as hard as they can, and then they throw them on eBay, and people like Isaac get ripped off yeah. for buying them because they yeah. don't work. And I send them
1: back. And so the supply of of uh, graphics cards for the normal consumer who isn't going to spend all this money on on cryptocurrency. I mean, it's like I just want to play Gary's mod. <laughs> like the the normal the normal consumer is basically just getting ripped off because there there have been inflated prices of of these graphics cards. The demand
0: is high due to the lust for cryptocurrency, which
1: is stupid because it's not even that profitable.
0: <laughs> it is weird, especially when you're putting so much money into these high-end graphics cards. I mean graphics cards are up to like five hundred dollars for the the industry powerhouses right now
1: no oh, no 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 no. the 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 big boys like the 2080 ti that's coming okay. out of like well i don't $1, even $1,400 i don't even
0: look at those because it makes me cry i'm talking about like nvidia t- uh 1080s yeah
1: yeah but people were people were using like 1070s and 1080s to to mine because at the higher price point it's hard to make a, a return on investment makes me sad man i wish i could build computers yeah i wish I they were cheaper
0: even ram prices are up Dude, it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. You were telling me you're looking at some weird Intel processors that are like server based, right? Yeah, yeah. I've like, seen a lot of hype around those now. Like
1: the Xeons, the, the X58s.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's weird stuff. So, money. money. Hopefully, we didn't put you to sleep. I don't know. With the slurs.
1: Kind of sleeping it.
0: Dude, she she's, on, no. she's on her phone. She's like, nah. <laughs> money. She's like, I'm money. making money. What are these guys doing? <laughs> Uh, so I think that wraps it up for yeah. our conversation on money. Again, everything comes from something. It's all about unoriginality. Everything's got a story. I'm slurring words. I don't know why I have this problem. <laughs> Maybe we'll do an episode about that. I don't know why we have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> if you enjoy the show, feel free to check us out on Patreon. Uh, Patreon.com slash ECFS. And we got all the normal socials except for uh, the Twitter page is ECFS pod. Everything else is at ecfs podcast. Yes. Fully. So, even our Gmail. Um, yep, and that means that this episode is done, which also means we're transitioning to our post show. Ladies and gentlemen, this is the nothing to do with anything oh post show. That was
1: a weird that's going to be a weird transition. It's, it's going to I funny. just
0: want to say, all right, this episode has been chock-full of technical mishaps. And we have had to pause the show. We never edit this show, but we have had to pause the show. I wouldn't say mishaps. It's just, we have to pause the show. I mean, Karen's roommate has to come in for work. We have issues with a headphone splitter, popping and cracking. Anyways, popping and cracking. the post show, nothing to do with anything is literally what the title says. It's the dumb part where we start talking about random things. My name is Isaac Ransom. And I said that at the beginning, but we also have a, another guest to introduce herself.
2: My name is Kiana Leap, one of the executive producers.
0: Dang, Darren's gonna be jealous that that producer voice. Darren really wants to come on the show. I'm sure. Yeah, he, invite him on. We're supposed to have him on with an escape room thing. He does a lot oh, of escape yeah, rooms.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. He's actually designing an escape room. I did an escape room in Tahoe when I went to Tahoe. It was pretty fun. Hey, do you want to move out of the way because Kiana's here?
0: So we might as well talk to her. Let's do it. Let's do it, Kiana. Hey Thanks for funding the show first of all
2: Of course Anything for you guys
0: Aww. Aww Kiana How the heck do you even know us?
2: I am currently dating one of you guys Cameron
0: Wow <laughs> Which one?
2: <laughs> and through Cameron is how I met Isaac About I want to say like five or six years ago maybe
0: Yeah That sounds about right You guys went to high school together right? I think five years ago Yeah
2: Oh yeah, it was five years ago. Five it has years to have ago. been five years ago because we've only been dating for five
0: years. Oh, you guys are so cute. So sweet. Uh, what you guys don't know is that Jules called me while we were doing the post show originally, and it just caused a bunch of awkward silence and weirdness. She called me on FaceTime a bunch of times. She is not here, so we can't have a cringy couples podcast, but
1: Oh, that'd be really fun. Let's do a let's let's do like a, a double date podcast. <laughs> oh man. That would Oh, here's a great thing to talk about. Let's talk
0: about our first double date. That's a good topic.
1: We, we went to some burger place in Los Gatos, right?
0: Yeah. That was probably... No offense, guys. No. No, that is not right at all, actually. I don't recall. We went to a Mexican oh. food place. And then we
2: saw that terrible movie. What movie? Um, Oh, The Lonely Island Guy? Popstar. Or whatever.
0: I loved On the it. I loved it. I love Popstar. Yeah, that, that's a funny movie. I remember that... Juliana was acting way more nice and kind than she normally does. And Kiana, you were acting very nice and kind and properly as well. And Cameron and I were just the normal savage... Barbarians that we normally are, and so we were like, "Hey, let's go watch this horribly raunchy movie and have a great time." And I look over at Jules during the film, and she is sitting arms crossed, kind of like, "I'm not feeling this." And I look over at Cameron, and he's laughing. I look at Kiana, arms crossed, not really feeling (laughs) it. And I was like, "Yeah, probably not the best choice." It was
2: funny. It was
0: just a bro date. Was it funny? It was pretty funny. You should watch it again. I honestly, I think it it gets better with age, but uh, it isn't just
1: like me. Gets better with age. And cheese gets better with age.
0: Let the silence speak for itself. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. No, no, That was a weird date. That was a, honestly a weird date. We went to that Mexican food place and then you took me to that Popsicle place. Pop bar. Pop bar. We all went to a pop bar. And I remember I got a card that was like for stamps. You get a free one after a while. And I still had it in my wallet till I washed it last week and i was yeah wow,
1: dang did that make you th- like think of the date where you're like oh yeah such fond memories well
0: okay so this is this is what i want to get into all right i think when you talk to someone on an individual level and you guys are good friends i would consider both of you guys really good friends okay even though Kiana, we haven't hung out that much that's the truth we just haven't but it's
1: cuz i keep her locked away
0: wow <laughs> dark okay um <laughs> But like when when you guys are friends with someone, it's really cool, and talking to them on an individual basis is easier. And I think it's more like natural. I think is the best way to put it. I have never been on a good double date. Okay, that's what I want to get to. That double date was so weird. I don't know what it was about it, but I look at Cameron and then I look at Kiana and I look at Jules. Literally three people I think are amazing and awesome. And not awkward at all. You guys are not awkward. Juliana is not awkward, and that fir- that double date was really weird and awkward. I don't know what it was. It was Cameron and I like laughing, and the girlfriends kind of like, uh, you know, we don't know each other. Well,
1: this is this is actually something that Kiana says to me sometimes. Is whenever we're hanging out, it's like we're on a date. Like me and me and you, Isaac. It's like we're on a date. Oh gosh. And and so I'm sure I'm sure what it was was the girlfriends were like. I mean, because that was the first time they met, right? And so, like, they they were like, "Oh, well, I don't know, I don't know this this other person," but but Isaac and Cameron are just off in in their own in their own little world. That is a good point. For the record, Jules really likes you,
0: Kiana.
2: Well, I really like her too, and I wish she was here. I, know. I wish we had three and four mics.
0: I know we we were supposed to have more mics, but Cameron didn't tell me that Kiana was going to be here. So they're they're juggling one mic right now pretty funny they're doing like these awkwardly <laughs> le- oh my gosh they almost just hit <laughs> each other in the head they almost did like a little a noggin bop
2: we keep bumping headphones so
0: that's oh so cute it's oh my very, gosh
1: it's disgustingly cute
0: so how you guys weeks been i sorry I, I don't know why i threw out that weird double date thing i just thought it i needed to acknowledge it someday eventually and i guess i'd do it on on the mic live but how's the week been for you guys
2: my week has been very busy um I have school three nights a week from six to ten at night, and I also work at Phil's Coffee for anyone in California, um, DC, and soon to be Chicago hey. and Boston.
0: I have something horrible. Ripping that Phil's pluck <laughs> horrible, horrible <laughs> to admit. I don't like Phil's at all.
2: It's fine. There's a lot of people that don't like Phil's, but I
0: don't know what I do. it is, man. I think it's because I drink cold drinks.
2: We have cold drinks.
0: No, you don't.
2: We can make anything
0: iced. You guys really hurt my feelings with cold drinks. I show up and you're like, ah, it's iced. And I watch you pour hot liquid all over ice cubes. And I'm like, that is not right. What
2: fills have you been to? I've
0: been to some crappy fills, I guess. We I don't. You gotta know. go to Walnut Creek. Okay, so what's the deal though? You guys make ice drinks over pour over, right?
2: We make ice drinks. So how we do it is pour over and then we ice down the pour over. So we do a little Little icing, yeah, that's what's bad. Deal, then, it's
0: watered down,
2: it's not watered down because we cut the water down and bump up the amount of beans that we put in there. I know, secrets. I hope
0: I know, I know how Phil to do Jobber's that. Phil Jabber
2: is not listening or my manager.
0: I know how to do that, okay? Like, I understand the pour over double grounds amount to get the stronger flavor. I just don't think it tastes good <laughs> and it's subjective, but that's the truth. I don't know.
2: The flavor or the the like strength of the coffee.
0: I think it's just iced coffee in general. Oh. I love cold brew. You guys don't have cold brew.
2: We don't. You but don't have
0: espresso. We
2: so. have a We have a jar of cold brew sitting on the table right now that one of my coworkers made with a Phil's blend.
0: I want to know what Phil's cold brew tastes like, actually.
2: We don't have cold brew like at our stores, but we do have several baristas that like to experiment at home. That's what is sitting in front of us.
0: I'm just saying, when I walk in, I'm like, I want cold brew. That's like all I drank, so that's why I don't go to Phil's anymore. It makes me sad. Go to Pete's. I had a killer hot chocolate from Phil's the other day.
2: I'm glad.
0: I am, I'm giving them good credit, but
1: Cameron, what do you think of Phil's? I mean, I think I'm obliged to say that I like them. <laughs> what? The no, heck? I'm just, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, I, I actually, I like them. I, I give Phil's a lot of respect because they were one of the first um, coffee shops that. That got me interested in like drinking coffee for more than just like uh, something to do like i it got me really interested in coffee because w- you walk in and they have this wall of weird names and flavors, and you're like, what is what is this what is going on here? And they're all roasts and and if you're if you're an idiot like I was when I first walked into Phils, you really have no idea like what blends are and what. Uh, you know, what, what these different coffees mean. Yeah. I think it's a really good
0: surrogate for third wave coffee. And I know that sure. you drink a lot of pour over just black coffee. So for you, that shop makes total sense. Yeah. I don't know why when I get coffee, I'm like, it needs to be cold. <laughs> and it needs to be highly caffeinated and it needs to get me through the day. That's just like my instant need. So
1: see, but don't you, I, I mean, I love, I, I know your thing about it is like you hate hot drinks, but like, I love waking up in the morning for, you know, a hot cup of coffee. It's so I've wonderful. sort of
0: changed my stance. I think hot drinks make sense at night. And I know that's weird, but that's just how I feel. I don't know.
1: What about the morning?
0: Nope. What? But it's what if
1: it's like cold? You don't want to drink a cold brew. For me,
0: I live in California, and so do you. So cold isn't that cold.
1: It's gonna be freezing tomorrow morning. What it's you not gonna about? be that cold. Okay. I live in San Francisco. It's it gets down to fifty. <laughs> <laughs> it's not that cold, dude. There's no snow or anything.
0: I don't know. I just for me, if you're drinking something warm, it makes me warm and cozy. And when I think of warm and cozy, I'm like, where's the bed? I'm not getting anything done.
1: That's just, that's my train of thought. So you're a tea person is what you're saying? Iced tea? No, a tea. Normal what? tea. Do you drink tea at night? No. No. What? What do you drink at night? Coffee. <laughs> really? Yeah, I'll drink black coffee at night too. It doesn't... it doesn't
0: do anything to me anymore. Really? I've overdosed. Oh man. I'm constantly on it. No, it's like I know alcohol if... tolerance. I know it if I do anything to me anymore. <laughs>
1: I know if I drink coffee past like like three thirty or four, I'm gonna have a late night. Me too. Except put
0: an AM at the end of that. <laughs> I was the best, I'm the very best, confused. The best what part you're the best part about being silent on this podcast is eventually Cameron will fill it with awkward laughing.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> That's true, yeah. I'm sorry, that probably hurt your ears. The weird gasping called laughing um yeah my week has been pretty busy really busy i will say i really enjoy how it's been raining and not smoky the smoke is was a pain here in california but i had to throw together this presentation about the current state of the middle class which is just let me just get back to that time to get a nap kids (laughs) yeah no but i uh i had to give a presentation on it and it was a total mess and a trash fire at the same time.
1: Did you say the middle class? They're disappearing. Well, I
0: actually lost my mind doing the research, doing, doing it. I like, I went crazy. I've never been like Albert Einstein more. Okay, so I came. I developed this method to basically assess and analyze the state of the, mer- uh, the the middle class in California. And the way I did it is according to Pew Research Center, the way you calculate the middle class is by taking the medium, median income and then multiplying that by two-thirds and also doubling it to get a range. And I took 56 counties all across California and multiplied the median income That way across three years currently, right? So that's a bunch of calculations. And then on top of that, took US Census data and fit those ranges into preset brackets in order to get populations for that. And then calculated the percent change of that middle class population relative to the overall population per county. And if you're lost, well, that's how the rest of the class felt when I was explaining it to them as well. <laughs> a lot of dead faces. What was the
1: conclusion? Is uh, is so the middle is, class disappearing? This
0: is what shocked me. It's not. That's what the cool thing about the study was: is that I really thought there was a middle class exodus going on. You know, you hear the stories about people moving away out of California to Texas. They used to own a shack and now they own a mansion. That whole vibe. You know what I'm saying? They um. So I expected to find declines in population over time, but from what it seems it's like kind of a 50-50 across counties and and the negative percentage of po- middle class population dropping is also attributed to the fact that some of these counties are actually having massive wealth, right? So so if the population of the county is declining with the middle class population, then obviously the middle class is moving, right? But if the population is increasing at a higher rate than the middle class decreasing, a lot of the time I would see that the numbers in that county are actually having populations move out of the middle class, but still staying in that region. Does that make sense? So it would be like the middle class either moving up into the upper class. And and you got to remember that the middle class is defined by a range that I fit into these income brackets. It's dude, I... It is a headache, and with that, I'm done talking about that stupid project. I did the presentation, I didn't get one laugh. I mean, I tried, dude. This class was hard. It was like a, th- 13 kids in the class, really oof, small class, oof. and my teacher tapping her pen. And that's the thing, and I was like. You guys have all had a conversation with your dad about the middle class, right? And the, and my class is just staring at me with like <laughs> nervous smiles. And I'm like, come on, let's have some engagement. And I was like, I have a podcast. <laughs> <I'm> like, <laughs> at least I'm more expressive than most people in the class. Like, dude, sure. the rest of the presentations were straight up this. Okay, guys, now it's time to talk about immigration
1: and the labor force.
0: And it just put me to sleep like right away. I hated.
1: It. Wait, but that's interesting. Did they talk about how uh, r- r- rising waves of I- of immigration uh, cut the the labor force and, and decrease wages? Is that what they talked about? Everything you just said
0: economically <laughs> makes no sense, Cameron. So I don't know where no, you it, in that data.
1: No, 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 no. That, that's that's what happens. It decreases the it decreases the, uh, it decreases the uh, native labor force. Yeah. Okay
0: that makes more sense thank you for uh, you know saying that because that makes no sense that the labor force would decrease and
1: because of the because of the higher competition the wages go down yes
0: well we're gonna have to debate immigration (laughs) another time Cameron because I actually might have switched stances on immigration wow because economic (laughs) flip-flopper is what I call it (laughs) (laughs) sorry I'm not sworn
1: to some political side all right (laughs) I'm not brainwashed. There's a lot of things about that topic, but we we don't have to go into it. As if our audience isn't more asleep this episode. I had jury what duty is, this I, week. You know, we were really Speaking speaking of yeah, speaking of boring, boring. government things. Yeah. <laughs> tell us about <laughs> it. What happened? Um well, I went there. It was it was actually kind of like uh kind of nerve-wracking. Um the first day I went there, it was a Monday and um and i was gonna go in expecting to be dismissed because that's that's what normally happens yeah um and they didn't go through all the they didn't pick all the jurors on monday so they were like oh come back tomorrow at 9 30 a.m <laughs> so i was like oh great um and uh that day um I was like, they, they were going to pick before noon, before the noon recess. Right, um, right. And so it's like, yes, if I get dismissed, I can go to my 1230 class. It's going to be great. And um, and so I go in, uh, we go in, they pick all the jurors and the, um, the prosecutor, uh, she goes up to the judge. They're, they're literally standing up with their arms raised about to be sworn in. Yeah. And she goes in and she's like, uh, we should ask if anybody has hardships. And uh, hardships, yeah, hardships is like where you you get dismissed if you, um, if there's you know if it's gonna be a, a hardship on your family, blah blah blah, whatnot. Oh, and uh, so, okay, that's, and, <laughs> that'd
0: be a fun process.
1: And so these these you know twelve people are literally standing up. Um, with their arm, with their right hand extended, about to be sworn in as jurors, and the judge is like, "Okay, does anybody have hardships?" And two of them get dismissed. Oh and my god! And guess gosh. whose name comes up? You, my name. <laughs> <So> <laughs> to be the next th- juror, and so so I went up and I was like, "Hey, I'm a I'm a student and finals are coming up soon," and uh, wow. he was like, "Get out of my face!" <laughs> and so you <he> dismissed me. <laughs> well,
0: you definitely hurt my ears with that get. So. Yeah. Well. well, we got 15 more minutes to burn, but I'm thinking about only going to five more minutes. Yeah, that's fine. I'm kind of hungry. We are really hungry. Do you, really hungry. Do
1: you? Are you gonna get dinner with us? I haven't
0: decided yet. There are people texting me right now. Fiona,
1: where do you want to go for dinner? Where are you?
2: I want to get pizza or
0: oh, pho. pizza. What the fuck did you just say? Pizza
1: or pho That's quite the choice. Although there's no good pizza place near nearby. I mean, we could go to Pachi's, I guess.
0: Pachis, is it good? Yeah, it's, I've been there. It's wonderful. Is it near? It takes Bye. an hour though. Oh, it uh, does take up forever. Yeah. In that case, I don't know if I'm. I'm probably not gonna stay. Ah, oh, you should. You should I come. Want to I want to. I I have to think about it. I have to think about it. Well, we don't have Kiana here all the time. What should we bother her about? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, yeah. What? Wh- why did you? Two <laughs> why did you support us? <laughs>
2: I've always wanted to be a patron of the arts And so I thought that this would be my start Funding the ECFS podcast
1: I love that That's super cool Do you like the show?
2: I do like the show I think I've I've missed some episodes um, But for the most part I have heard most of them
0: What did you think of this money topic? I'm curious Be honest, blatantly You can say if it was boring or not
2: I was really uh, intrigued that you brought up the Yap Island thing because a lot of people skip over that. Um, I've actually seen one of the Yap Island stone currency things. No way. They have them in Hawaii um, at one of the museums and it's not a stone. It's like a type of shell. And so I guess they use shells also, which makes sense. Yeah. But um, yeah, I like that part the most. And then the rest of it, I, I learned what fiat
0: is yeah it's a car
2: it wasn't it is a car yeah <laughs>
0: no uh but honestly i do think the island part is one of the most interesting stories when it comes to money so it is definitely I, I definitely agree with that yeah but yeah just some fun wisdom nuggets cameron and i wanted to do a more of a informational research episode again because I think the next two are going to be quite goofy, especially with the holidays. Just as a reminder, I should have said this earlier now that I'm thinking about it, but the last two weeks of December, we will not be releasing on Monday and we'll be reminding you guys over social media and whatnot. We want to take two weeks off. Cameron and I want to produce some video content so we won't be like devoid and and missing in action. We will be still present on social media and whatnot, but we want to do some more fun content and also take some time to sort of brew and percolate some interesting <laughs> ideas for the new year.
1: So <laughs> I'm just really, I'm laughing at your choice of percolate. <laughs> I, I, it's a good word. It's a good word. I was like, did I use it wrong or something? No, 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 no. I think that's fine. Percolate? Is that right?
2: Brew and percolate? Percolate? Percolate or percolate? What is a percolator?
1: It's it's like a coffee maker. Yeah, it's a big. It's the big coffee makers. So I'm just making more coffee references. Yeah, brewing. That makes sense, right? <laughs> but I should have said ferment. Ooh, that's a good one. But we're fermenting now. But we're gonna we're gonna use our 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 lipids later.
0: Let me just tell you, Darren, because <laughs> I know you're one of the few people that listen to the end. <laughs> I'm sorry, we're cutting it ten minutes early, but I am starving. My goodness. Kiana, do you have any wise words for these amazing people that listen to the show?
2: Well, I think that more people should support ECFS on Patreon. I mean, I
0: I wouldn't take her word for it. She's a, I mean, she's clearly funding this. So of course she wants you to buy into it.
2: I want you to buy into it because I'm funding it. (laughs) But it's it's not like, it's not
1: like she gets a payout. (laughs) That's a good point. We have no royalties. Yeah. Whoops. She she does get she does get special special privileges though.
0: I don't want to hear that. That is disgusting. And with that, <laughs> goodbye.